As you're seated, take your Bibles, please, and turn to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. You know, when you enter into worship, I mean real worship, where you open your heart to the Lord in singing and in praying and receiving the Word and, and obeying what God tells us to do, something mysterious, something I would say maybe even mystical, definitely spiritual, happens within us. Because God calls us to follow him. Jesus himself, that that is is his command. He said, follow me. And so we're probably better known as Christ followers than Christians. That word Christian has fallen in some, some ill repute in our last days. But Christ followers are those who follow in his steps. And Psalm 37 speaks of that, if you'll find verse 23. Let me read that over us here today. Psalm 37, verse 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he, meaning the Lord, delights in that man's way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hands. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That includes the next steps that he wants us to take in following him. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you again for the the promise and the power of your word and the fact that you are present here. As the ancient words are read and proclaimed, you are here to open our hearts to them, And to bless us thereby. And as we worship you, Lord Jesus, you're always calling us to take the next step of faith. Because that's who we are. We're Christ followers. And we follow you on a journey as our Lord and our Master and our Teacher. And you're discipling us each step of the way as we follow you. So Lord, no matter where we are here today in our journey with you, there's the next step that you want us to take. Help us to see those today, Lord. And to make up our mind now that we're going to follow you and take whatever that next step is. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This morning I want us to look to the Word of God to see what He tells us are some of these next steps. Some of those you've already taken. Some of them you haven't. But it doesn't matter where you and I are in our spiritual life. There is a next step that he wants us to take. So that's all of us. You could be a brand new believer. Uh, You could be a seasoned saint of 50, 60, 70 years. God still has a next step. And we want to discover what that is. We want to ask him this morning, God, what is the next step that you want me to take as I follow you in your steps? Now, it may very well be that... uh, you have taken a first step by being here today. Uh, some of you are visiting with us. Uh, some of you for the first time. Some of you have been back several different times. Some of you are already committed your life to Christ. Others are trying to figure out, what's, what's this all about? And so let's start with first steps. You've taken the first step. And that is the step of being in the hearing of the Word of God. 
You've taken that step because you're here today or you're watching online. And you've taken that step. You dare to believe God has something to speak into your life. And you're reaching out. You're looking to the folks here at Ebenezer and say, what is it that God could be speaking into my life? And so you've taken the first step. You're here to listen. And the Bible says this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let me applaud you for taking the first step that you're opening yourself to hear and to understand that God is speaking through the worship of his people and through the reading and the preaching of his word right to your heart. Now, that's the first step we've all taken, that one. But it could be some of you need to take the next step. The next step after hearing is putting your faith, your trust in the Lord. The next step is for you to accept him as your Savior and as your Lord. And that's the next step that he calls all men everywhere to take. As a matter of fact, as he's writing to Timothy, he says, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, whose desire is to have all men to be saved. Now, you know who all men is? I see everybody here in the room. God's desire is for each and every person that hears about his word, that hears about Christ, that they receive him as their Savior and Lord. He puts it in a negative way over in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. And he says there, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some people count slackness, but he's long-suffering, he's patient towards us, not willing that any should perish, but rather that all come to repentance. So God's will is not for anybody to be lost and to go through life without him. God's will is for everybody to be saved. He loves you and he wants to for you to receive that love in your life. Well, now, wait a minute, Brother Fred. How can you know that God loves me, that God cares anything about me? Well, again, you go to his word. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. That's everybody in here. Everybody in the room. Everybody watching online. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You know, we call that the gospel. The word gospel is a Greek word that means good news. And the good news is, is accompanies bad news. <laughs> the good news is God wants everybody to be saved. The bad news is we need to be. You see, without exception, every one of us, every one of us, from the time we were a child, made up our mind, we want to do life our own way. I want what I want, and I don't care what the rules are, I don't care what mom and dad says, don't say what the law says, but I want what I want. And I'm going to pursue that. And you know who that applies to? Everybody from here all the way over here, without exception. The Bible says, for all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And what happens as a result of that? Well, the Bible also says, the wages, what we earn, the results of sin is death. Well, that's the bad news. But the good news follows in that same verse. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ as our Lord. So what does that mean? God loved us so much that he became part of his creation. He became a human being himself. He lived and life just like we are. He was tempted in every way just like we are. And yet he never gave in to doing life his own way. He slowly and totally every step of the way did life God's way. So he lived that perfect life. But when he came to die, he didn't die for doing anything wrong. He died to take my punishment and your punishment upon himself. He died to take the punishment of all sin for all the world 
on himself. And if the wages of sin is death, what did he do? He died. He took our death. But that wasn't all. The scripture tells us that he was buried and three days later he rose from the grave. He conquered death. He conquered sin. And as coming back in his resurrected life, he had eternal life to give to anyone who would dare to believe in him. So what's the next step? It's simply this. is to pray to God and say, God, I dare to believe that when Jesus died, he died to take my punishment. And when he rose again, it was so that I could have his eternal life. So I confess my sins to you right now. I ask you to come into my heart and cleanse me and forgive me of my sins. And be the boss, the king, the controller, the Lord of my life. And that's how a person is saved. That's how a person comes to believing faith in Christ. And a transformation begins. So here, ask the Lord this. Is this the next step I need to take? I've heard this now today. What do I need to do? What step do I need to take? Do I need to reach out and embrace you, Lord, as my Savior? And if you do, I'd love to talk with you about that today. Or you can go to back in our Connection Center back here. We've got our ministers and deacons and other staff back there. I'd love to talk with you about what that means. Or let me tell you something. And I can tell you now at the beginning of the service. I had to wait till the end of the service this morning. But you can actually go on our website and under resources, you'll see next steps. And you can see these next steps listed with action buttons that you can touch that will show you the steps to take to fulfill whatever these are that we're talking about. So you're actually going to have that on your phone or on your computer to see what these next steps are and how you can respond by faith into each and every one of those. God wants you to accept Him as Savior and Lord. Second, once you've done that, here's the next step. He wants you to be a part of a movement that he's got going on on planet Earth. And that movement is people who are joining together because they've made a private decision to follow Jesus Christ. And God knows we do that best together. And so here's what you do. You make the next step is to say, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing in the lives of people around me. And I'm finding in the people of Ebenezer Baptist Church, there's an excitement going on. Uh, your, your spirit is all over whatever's going on in this place, in the worship and in the ministries and all of this. And, and I don't want to miss anything. So what you do, you make up your mind. I'm going to be a part of what God is doing in this place. And what that means is anytime the doors open, be here. Go ahead and make up your mind now that, the, that you're going to be here whenever the doors are open because you want to be a part of whatever God's doing. He's moving in this place dynamically. So you make up your mind to do that. You make up your mind today that you're going to be here next week. Whatever it takes. And specifically next Saturday night, you make up your mind you're going to be here. You don't want to wait till Sunday morning on your second cup of coffee to decide whether or not you're going to church. You want to make that decision the night before to where you can get everything pl planned and prepared. Uh, I know getting here is not the easiest thing in the world to do. Uh, I've always been one who had to be at church very early. Valeria had to get all three of those boys up, scrubbed, dressed, and in here at church. That was not an easy task. I've taken my hat off to her many times for that. It's not easy, but it's worth it to be a part of what God is doing and how he's moving in a group of people. So ask God, God, do you want me to determine in my heart right now that whatever happens... Unless, God, you forbid it, I'm going to be with God's people to be a part of what God is doing in this place. That's a decision to make. That's a step that you have to take. 
And that's a good step. And there's another step I want to go around on the heels of that. I want you to understand something about when you come to faith in Christ. Your relationship with Jesus Christ is intensely personal, but it's not private. Let me say that again. It's intensely personal, but it's not private. God always intends our relationship with him to be has a public side to it. That other people know what's going on in our heart in relationship to God. Well, what does it mean? God wants you to take the step of telling other people what's happening in here. Telling other people what's happening because you've asked Jesus to come into your heart and you've affiliated yourself with other Christ followers. Stuff's happening in you. Stuff is happening in your heart. And he wants you to share that with other people. Jesus says in the Bible, you will be my witnesses. Uh, right here, close by, and then let that ripple effect go all the way out to the end of the earth. You get to do that. You have to tell somebody. Now, you don't have to have a Ph.D. degree in theology to do that. Just, just young people can do that. Children can do that. Senior adults can do that. You, you don't have to be highly trained to do that. Let me ask you to do something. This afternoon, after you eat, before you take a nap, or maybe at halftime during the ball game. <laughs> Will you read John chapter 9? John chapter 9. It's a, it's a beautiful story, and it flows very quickly. You'll, you'll read it very quickly. A beautiful story about a man who was born blind, and how Jesus came into his life and cured him, not just about his blindness, but about his heart as well. And the, the religious rulers of the day were not real keen on that. They were not real thrilled that Jesus did that. And so they began to badger the man, asking him what happened. Well, that was a scary thing to do. And the first time he responded, it was, all I know is I was blind now, see. <laughs> but you see him growing in that chapter, in his courage. And to the end result, the last time they ask him something about that, he gives them his, his story and he says, hey, don't you want to be saved too? <laughs> the story, though, is what he did was he simply told what happened to him. You see, you have a story to tell that I can't tell for you. Only you can tell the story of how God is working in your life. And God wants you to share that with somebody else. So I want you to ask God today, God, is this the next step you want me to take? That there's someone out there that needs to hear my story? Someone needs to hear what you're doing in my life and how I'm not perfect, but you're doing some great stuff and you're, you're, you're teaching me who you are and how much you love me. Do I need to share that with somebody? Ask Jesus. Is this the next step you want me to take? Now, those are first steps that everybody needs to take. But then there are growth steps that God wants you to take as well. And here's the first one. He wants you to be baptized. Baptism is a powerful, powerful symbol. And one that speaks volumes to the world around us. Uh, uh, last Sunday, I had an opportunity, Cody and I, to, to baptize Karsten. And as we were waiting, as we were talking down here before that was over, I, I took her mama's hand sitting right here. And I said, Karsten, what's that ring mommy wears on her finger right here? She said, well, that's her wedding ring. So why does she wear that? So, so everybody will know that she's married, that she's made uh, a commitment to, to daddy. I said, that's right, that's a symbol. And that's what baptism is. It's a symbol that the world will see. That you dare to believe that Jesus died and rose again, that you could be saved, and that you also have been buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in brand new life. When well, even a little child can understand that. 
But it's been my joy to baptize people up in their 90s when they finally come to realize this is a public way to say, I identify with Jesus Christ. And you know, the, the Bible tells us that's what God wants us to do. In Acts 22, it says, you're going to be my witnesses to all men about what you've seen and heard. So what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, wash away your sins, calling upon his name. I mean, is, is that hard to understand? <laughs> I mean, that seems real plain to me. Get up and take the next step. Be baptized today. Maybe you need to ask Jesus, say, Lord, I know you've come into my heart, but I've never taken the step of faith to follow you in believer's baptism. Today, if you want to come talk to me about that, I'm going to be here, go into our Connection Center. We've got folks back there. Or you can just take out your phone. Or you can wait until you get home, and you can go there to, on our website to resources, next steps. There's baptism. Push a button right there, and it explains everything to you. And you can say, okay, here's, here, here's the date, or I want to talk to somebody. I want to know more about what this means. You can take the next step. Ask Jesus, is this the next step that I need to take? The next thing that, I, that the Bible tells us very clearly to do is to spend time reading the Bible, reading His Word. God wants you to spend every day reading a little bit out of the Bible because you know what? You're listening to His voice. You're hearing the voice of God. The Bible is God-breathed. God, God breathed it into being. And it's His words. And when you read his words and you listen to his words, there's a blessing that comes with that. And you grow in your love relationship with God as you spend some time reading his word. There's no substitute for that. But listen, it's not just enough to read it. God wants you to apply it. And another word for applying it is to obey it. You see, in the world we live in, people have made a strange... Uh, uh, decision. They've substituted learning about for doing. They've substituted learning for doing. They're professional educators or educated, being educated, but they're not doing anything with what they know. And the Bible has a word for that in James chapter 1. He says, don't just listen to God's word. Do what it says. If you don't, you're just fooling yourself. You're just fooling yourself. Are some of you fooling yourself? <laughs> By substituting just listening to a sermon or just listening to worship or just reading God's word for doing it. You see, the blessing is in the doing. And God wants you to have the blessing that comes from not just reading his word, but doing what it says and letting it transform your life. So you need to ask the Lord today, God, is this the next step you want me to take? Do I need to spend some time with you every day in your word? listening to your voice, growing in my love relationship with you, is that what you want for me to do? Ask him that. That's the next step. And no matter who you are and how long you've been with the Lord, there's next steps that he wants us to take. Another next step is prayer. Jesus regularly wants you to spend time with him in prayer. You know, you get to know someone by communicating with them. You sit down over a glass of co uh, a tea or a cup of coffee and you talk and you share with one another. And that's precious. That's precious. Getting to know God is prayer. Prayer, we communicate our heart to God in His Word. He communicates His heart back to us. And you see, that may be the next step God's calling you to take. To spend some time with Him every day. Here's what, 
Jesus promises. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask whatever you will and it'll be done for you. That's a promise from Jesus Christ to you. But that comes through communicating with him, talking to him on a daily basis. Maybe you need to say, okay, Lord, maybe this is the next thing for me. Maybe I haven't been having a regular time that I just sit along with you and that I read your word and I talk to you and you talk to me into my heart and I want to make the decision to make that my next step today. I, I, want, I want to take the next step in growing in that love relationship with you in prayer. Here's another one. And that's giving of yourself. Giving of yourself. You know by nature we're all selfish people. We are. I mean, you know, you don't have to teach a child in the nursery to be selfish. They know how to do that all by themselves. And we grow up with that. We're looking out for number one. We want, to, we want what's best for us, whatever it is, whether if it's ordering a hamburger or whatever it is, we, we want what we want. And that can be the very heart of a selfish nature. But it's so unlike Jesus. Jesus said this, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve others. And on the last night that he spent on, on earth, one of the last things he said was, the things that you have seen me do, I want you to go do. So how do you give of yourself? Well, you do that in, in service. You do that in ministry. There are gobs and gobs of ministries that we, we have here at our church family. And not only some of them are right here that we do, but other things are outside of the walls of our church in ministries that we support. And there are so many opportunities. Timothy mentioned just a little while ago, giving Christmas away. Well, what that means is you, get, you come and you kind of adopt a child and you provide for that child and give that to the parents and the parents then have, who don't have funds to do this, they then have something that they can give to their children on Christmas Day. And actually, we're going to gather together on December the 11th. Oh, I need to say, write that date down. December the 11th. Write that date down. That's a Sunday. That'll be Pastor Jamie's first day with us as pastor. Okay, and so he'll be preaching that Sunday morning, but that afternoon we're going to be over in the student center and we're going to be wrapping all of these presents and that'll be Brother Jamie's first baptism here in Among Us. We're going to chunk him in with the wrapping paper and the ribbons and bows and you come and help wrap up Brother, not wrap up Brother Jamie, help Brother Jamie <laughs> wrap packages, okay? He is a servant heart. And what a better thing to do than we can, this very, very first day here, him join us and we join with him in service. So giving of yourself. We're engaged in, in helping poor people. We're engaged in, in, in building. We're engaged in mission trips up in uh, Middleton, Kentucky, you just heard earlier. Get involved somewhere. And we support ministries off campus here in our community that are super, super opportunities. You can go get engaged with them there. That You know, there's so many people in need of hope right here in Stevens County. It's not just poverty. Some of them are wealthy, but they're still in need of hope. And we have that to give. So you, you can, giving of ourselves. But there's another giving that the Bible tells us he wants us to do, and that's giving monetarily. Giving, giving money, giving to the support of what's going on. Ebenezer has always been a generous people. And because of that, our reach literally, I'm not talking figuratively or symbolically, literally goes around the world. Did you know this? 
If you put a dollar in the offering plate, we don't have the offering plate anymore. If you put a dollar out there in the offering bucket, (laughs) 20 cents of that never settles in at Ebenezer. It immediately goes to missions and ministries outside the walls of our church. 20 cents out of every dollar. That's a lot. I mean, how many of you can say that 20 cents out of every dollar you bring home, you give away to missions and ministry? Maybe a few of you, but not most of us. But that's what your church does. Why? Because you are so generous, we can do that. We can pay the power bills, we can meet the salaries, we can do all of that, and still reach all the way around the world, not only with our thousands of Southern Baptist missionaries, but missionaries that come right out of our church. Kids that grew up here that have felt the call of God on their lives and now they're serving around the world, we get to keep them on the field because of your generosity. Ask God, God, do I need to start giving of myself? Do I need to get involved in a ministry somewhere? Do I need to give financially to our church? Do I need to follow what the Bible says and give 10% of what the Lord you bless me with back to your church? Maybe you can start at 10%. Maybe you need to start at 2 or 3 But are you doing something? Ask God, is this the next step of faith? And it is a step of faith. Is this the next step of faith that you want me to take? Or could be something else. It could be getting involved in our life groups. What are life groups? These are groups of people that are about the same stage you are in life. And we gather together to do life together. And, and we, that, right, that revolves around the Word of God. We meet on Sunday mornings or sometimes during the week, but mostly on Sunday mornings. And we gather around the Word of God and we learn together and we take the Word apart together. We apply it together. But then we do more than that. We do fellowship together. We do ministry together. We raise our kids together. We share our, our recipes back and forth. We do life together. Are you engaged in a life group? I, I want you to understand, this is, is how... Church was meant to function. It wasn't meant to be just a big group like this where we all come together and we're informed and maybe entertained. It's us getting together in small groups where we can get to know one another and we can share our burdens and we can share our blessings and all of that and we get to grow together. So ask God, God, I've been sitting in the pew. Do you want me to get involved in a life group somewhere? Do you want me to get involved with a a group of other believers that are following you? It's about the same stage in life that I am right now. And and, and us to grow together in what the Lord is doing. Ask Him that. There's always a next step that He wants us to take somewhere. One last one I want to put out there for you. And that's this. Becoming a partner. Becoming a partner. That means you become a part of Ebenezer. You don't just come, and you don't just play with us and eat with us. You say, I want to be a member of this family. I want to be a member of this church. I I want to be a part of what God's doing here. I want to be able to say, you can count on me, whatever I can do, whatever I can give, whatever I, however I can serve, you can count on me. That's what membership means. And if you saw last Sunday morning when members only stood to vote about Pastor Jamie, did you notice that that was about two-thirds of those who were here? There was a full third of those in in attendance and we love them dearly and they're here every week but they've never taken the step of membership. They've never taken the step to join and say, I want to be a part, a vital part of what God's doing here in this church. You can count on me. Pastor Jamie, you can count on me. I, I, I want to be here 
and be engaged in what all's going on here. Some of you need to ask God, God, is that the next step I need to take? I've been attending here for a long time. I talked to a lady here a while back. Been, she'd been attending here about three years. And she said, I just need to do this. I've never thought. Nobody's ever challenged me with that. Well, wake up. I'm challenging you right now. Is this the step that God would have you to take? Say, God, I, I want to be a part of what you're doing here. And there's so many other things, so many other next steps. There's mission trips to be involved in, and there's decisions to, to do this, that, or the other. So many other next steps. These are those that are supported by the Word of God. And I want you to know, again, you can go on our website, and you can get, you can get encouragement about how to take these next steps. Can I tell you just a few things quickly in my life before we go to um, the Lord's table that I've learned by taking next steps? These are, these are key to us. Every step of faith requires a death to myself. I, I've got to die to my own selfishness, my own way of doing things in order to take a next step. So do you. So if it's the next step of faith accepting Christ, if it's the next step of faith you know, making a commitment to prayer, all of those require sacrifice. But let me tell you something. It's worth it. It's worth it in your, in your growth. Every sacrifice is real. You know you have to sacrifice a few hours sleep to get up, uh, or a few minutes sleep, whatever, to get up and to spend time with the Lord. You have to sacrifice in something that you would buy. If you're going to start giving to the church, you have to sacrifice your time. If you want to come and join in the ministry. Yeah, that's sacrifice. Guess who sacrificed his very life for us? Is it hard for us to imagine we need to sacrifice something in return to Him? Not at all. Not at all. And listen to this very carefully. Will you please hear me? God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. I want you to let that soak in. God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. He knows the blessing that He has for you. We read the scripture from, from Psalm 34 that God orders the steps of the good man. He has ordered your steps for things he wants for you. Blessings and joy he wants for you, but the joy comes in taking the next step of faith, whatever that is for you. The goal of the next step is to deepen your trust in Christ. You've got to rely on him. You've got to depend on him. Some of these steps are very obvious. Yeah, I know exactly what I need to do. Others, um, they're shrouded in a bit of mystery. But God's going to be there. He's going to be in me and beside me and above me and below me and around me and before me and behind me. He's not guiding me to take a step that he's not already there. Understand that. And understand also, I never arrive. I've got next steps that I'm being challenged with right now. Valeria and I are praying about a couple of matters that, that are really intense on us that are next steps for us to take. As we're coming to the end of this covenant relationship with you all, we're, we're asking God, God, what is the next step? Because you have a next step for us. No matter who you are, where you are in life, there's a next step that God wants for you. And so are you open and willing to ask him, God, what is the next step? I want to take the next step, knowing that he's always there. And one last thing I'll tell you is this. <laughs> you need to do this because it really is true, folks. The grass is greener on the other side. You're blessed in the doing, in the taking of the next step of faith. So here's the question. What's the next step God wants you to take? There is one. There is one. It may be one of these, it may be another one. But you see, if you're going to follow him, 
and walk in his steps, there's always a next step. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, you are so here. From the moment we began to sing and praise your name, through our time of prayer, through setting aside men as service, even through the reading of your word, you are so abundantly and powerfully here. And whenever you encounter me, whenever you encounter me, you're saying, Fred, you ready to take the next step? You ready to step out in faith? One more step? And you're challenging us right now, without exception. Everyone in this room, you want to hear us to ask you, Lord, what's the next step? Will you give me the power, the boldness, the strength to take it? And the answer is yes. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Part of taking the next step of faith is joining God in what he's doing. And the scripture tells us regularly we should gather together around the table with the Lord, with him at the head of the table, and submit to what it is he's telling us to do. So this morning I'll ask our deacons, if you will, to come forward as we pass the elements for the Lord's Supper here this morning. And uh, this is not just an add-on to our service. This is experiencing sitting around the table with the Lord. And here's where we get to have the conversation. God, what is the next step? What is the next step you're calling me to take? So as we're preparing the elements, as we're passing them out, that's what I want you to be asking God. God, what is the next step that you want me to take? you're receiving the bread let me read the word over you Paul wrote to the church at Corinth he said for I received from the Lord that which also I have delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me. Holy Spirit, as I look at this little wafer in my hand, unleavened bread, I think it once was wheat, but it had to be crushed in order for me to have it here today. You tell me to remember your body that was broken, crushed by the weight of not just my sins, but the sins of the world. And so as I take of this bread, I remember you until you come again. Amen. Paul went on to write, In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do, as often as you drink of it, in remembrance of me.
Holy Spirit, as I gaze into this cup, you tell me it is to remind me of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, shed for the remission of my sins and the sins of the whole world. You tell us in your word that apart from the shedding of blood, there can be no remedy for sins. And so, Lord, we testify today to our own hearts, to our brothers and sisters around us, and to the world that the blood of Christ is the answer for man's sins. We remember you, Lord Jesus. Amen. The Bible tells us that whenever we eat of this bread, drink of this cup, we literally proclaim, we preach the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes again. So you did a good sermon this morning. Will you stand with me as we're dismissed? Lord Jesus, we thank you for the joy of serving you. We thank you for partaking of the bread and the cup to remind us forever of who you are. In Christ's name, amen.